2: Hello and welcome to the Cheeseman podcast. This is Brendan, your host for the show. Joining me to look back on the disappointing 2-1 away defeat to Aston Villa, which confirms mathematically what we've known for weeks, that we will not be playing Champions League football next season. Uh, First up from
0: Brixton is Mr Paul Muir. How you doing, Paul? Hello, hello Jesus. around the world where you're listening. Welcome from a lovely sunny London today. It's really, really nice. Probably the hottest day of the year so far. You might hear some reggae and other assorted beats in the background. There's a massive street party happening in my road right now. So uh, apologies for that. But yeah, good to be here, Brent.
2: Stuff is there, it is there, is there like a stand selling jerk chicken
0: because, yeah, jerk chicken, red stripe, free red stripe as well. If you live in the road as well, and uh, yeah, there's, there's loads of people. And there's, I don't really understand this new kind of like, yeah, this new reggaeton or whatever it's called, but yeah, it's it's outside of my house right now. So, unfortunately, you might get a bit in the background. All good,
2: all good. Also joining, uh, Seb Short, how are you doing, Seb? I'm good. Yeah,
1: uh, we're doing this on Streamyard as as well as recording, so I get to see your lovely faces, or in Brennan's case, half his face. I'm g- I'm glad that your your left side is your best side, mate, because the <laughs> it seems to be a big black line all the way down one one side. But hopefully, it records better than it looks.
2: Yeah, I'm sure it will. And sure and also, <clears throat> this is my first pod in about a month as well. So. Um, so uh, thank you for Franco for filling in Uh, now I'm back though I'm back I'm fully committed to the rest of the season Franco so don't you worry, mate I got your back
0: (laughs) (laughs) guess who's back back again
2: this is like I just come back from Bolivia Bolivia's pretty shit like sorry to any Bolivian cheeseheads out there but oh fuck I'm so ill still and it's been two weeks since I came back, and I'll quickly tell. Before we get into the football, I'll tell you a story of my flight back from Bolivia. So, whilst in Bolivia, I went to La Paz and Cochabamba. In Cochabamba, I got given a gift, and it was like nutrients, like a,
1: supplements. And one of the the, the packs was uh, so to... long already, mate. This sounds terrible. Are you sure you want to be broadcasting this? It's
2: fine, it's you fine. went.
1: You went to Bolivia. You got given a package of nutrients. Yeah, <laughs> And inside was uh, powdered um,
2: coconut milk. And, like, <laughs> 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 and airport security in Bolivia is the army. It's not just some random guy. Like, it's, it's the army. So they sort of, they open up my bag. they didn't have a check bag. And so they pull out this tub and then they open it. And there's like, obviously there's white powder in there. And they're looking at me and they're like, oh, receipt, Like, would you have the receipt? And I was like, no, no, it was a gift. <laughs> and then, and there's people standing behind me in this queue, looking at me in in horror, thinking, "Wow, they've just busted a mule." <laughs> and I was like, "Look, you can smell; it's literally just coconut milk, uh, powdered coconut milk." It, it was so. Eventually, they let me through, and and I did get to leave Bolivia and get back to wonderful Brazil. But yeah, not not a fun place.
0: <laughs> <anymore>. <laughs> Only you, Brent only you, you.
2: <laughs> they give you the coca leaves to chew to deal with the altitude as well and yes, write, i was like so i yeah, started yeah. chewing them but I, was, and I swallowed and they're like oh you're not supposed to swallow I was like, oh no so was, but it's it's the <laughs> coca leaves that's not like from the, the, the that they used to make cocaine it's just it, there's various types of coca leaf which which i learned whilst in bolivia anyway we lost.
1: I <laughs> <laughs> would just like to add that, Brent. That last two minutes is going to be far more interesting than anything we talk about. <laughs> about this ridiculous game that we had to endure yesterday.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, look, look, we'll get it out of the way then. Uh, start as we always do with the lineup. I'll uh, start with you, Paul. Same lineup that uh, Mason went with against Palace. Um, mm-hmm. So, but we still had the back three. But I think it goes four four two out of possession. How are you with the lineup? Was it? I mean, right, we're getting Franco. players back now. Four,
0: four, 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 two out of a minute. All right, Franco, calm down. <laughs> God, yeah. Three four three unchanged. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. It, it's probably the best team that you could play out at the minute. Uh, to be honest, I quite like Richardson uh, coming off the right. I liked him in the last game against Palace. I thought he. Um, he past passed, and he, he, he creates some stuff, and he scored his goal. So, yeah, um, that's Hoiberg. I think he's up to nearly 4,000 minutes now, Hoiberg, for the season. So, um, he's going to need a well-earned rest. Probably come to his him in a minute. But, yeah, I was, I was yeah fairly happy. We're not going to see Hugo again uh, this season, and it sounds like he might be off to the Middle East as well, if you believe some of the stuff that's come out this week in the press. So, Forster in goal, did well, think did okay. Um yeah, three four three. That'll be it for now till for the final two games of the season as well.
2: Seb one thing that you actually pointed out in the WhatsApp group was Dyer didn't even make the bench. Like right? and because Mason's sort of seen as this sort of mate of the players sort of guy that's sort of like oh, let's just crack on. And but he's shown a ruthless streak, I think, and 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 sort of shown that, that if you're if you're out of form, which Dyer has been for months now, that he's not Scared to to make important decisions, put Romero at the centre of the three, flanked by Emerson, who, who I'm enjoying seeing back uh, Emerson and, and Longley. So it was, it was a big decision, I thought, to, to to not even make the bench for Dyer.
1: Yeah, there was a rumour that he's done his hip, I think, or, or a slight hip injury or something like that. I'm not 100% on that. Definitely looks a little bit su- suspect, but if I'm honest, a bit like Hugo does um, yeah. with this this injury that, that no one knows about, knows anything about. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised that there's something going on there. Um, and then obviously to see a young lad, another young lad on the bench, there's been a few that have been given kind of a match day opportunity, if you like, uh, in recent weeks. And uh, Matthew Craig is, is the latest. Um, but yeah, as Paul said, there, there's not really a lot more that, that, that we could expect I think we'll come on with some of the changes that that, that happened to to maybe discussing how we think we line up for these these last two I, I mean I want to call them dead rubbers but I think we'll know by the time we play Brentford where, where we're at because Brighton's game's in hand but um, but yeah um, I didn't expect there to be any changes because as we covered the, the performance against Palace showed those those green shoots Paul <laughs> <sighs>
0: Uh, just a just just a little um, aside. If you belong on our Patreon, it seems to be um, a term of uh, fun. Uh, my green shoots. So I won't be saying that anymore for this <laughs> season. But I'm, I'm sure Mr. Shaw and uh, you know Brendan and anybody else that was in between end of the season will carry on using that as a metaphorical stick to have a go at me with. But no, all good. All good. <laughs>
2: You gotta take it mate you gotta take it the first goal um it was the first shot they had on target as well uh, and i don't know, we, we sort of try i well i try and not just to find blame and just sort of trying to think well maybe it was just a really good goal and it was unfortunate that the ball went under davies and got to Jacob Ramsey and also the thing with Jacob Ramsey I was like did not he score against us for Newcastle as well but then that was Jacob Murphy so the, the Jacobs aren't <laughs> loving it, are um but yeah Paul um what were your thoughts yeah. on on the goal was it just a good goal or or no, should we, have
0: done we could have done a lot better couldn't we you look like there was very little intensity in the whole of that first half especially there Romero goes flying in he gets turned the ball goes the other way Davis doesn't really come out and close down that quick. And then Poirot doesn't, co- doesn't cover um, the the scorer's run. It's just it's just a catalogue of errors, really. But we saw it a few times. He saw it, uh, obviously, with their second goal, the free kick as well. Romero was like, looked like a second off it today, half a second, even though he was on it. Um, and we talked about this after Palace. He was intercepting quite a lot in front of Jordan Ayew and things like that. He, was, he wasn't doing any of that yesterday. Um, so yeah, but he, I mean he flew into that tackle, didn't he? And you know, and he, he just got turned, the ball went the other way. And then from that point in we're playing catch-up. You'd like to think Poirot was gonna kind of cover the run of Ramsey and, 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 and get in front of the and get in front of it to intercept, but he didn't. And uh yeah, it, it was past four before you knew it. So it, it it was probably two areas, probably definitely Romero. And I thought as well, maybe that Davies could have cut the cross out of the source. It, wasn't, it was a very you know, bog-standard premiership goal, to be honest. They didn't have to work very hard for it at all. Made easy by our errors.
2: Yeah, and no, I, just, I just you'd, you'd expect they sort of reliable Davies to, to 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 have cut it out. It just the ball just went under him, and yeah. and it and as we always seem to do these days, uh, an early goal and and said, how are you feeling that with with the rest of the half? Are you like, oh, is this going to be Liverpool again? Is this going to be Newcastle again? It just we just seem to switch, like, take a while to get going into games.
1: That's exactly it. you know I, I don't know the stats, but I would imagine we are bloody awful for goals conceded in the first 15 minutes. Um, obviously in, in, definitely in recent weeks, but it's been something that's happened all season. We've always had to be chasing games. Um, and also I felt like the way the way we set up very similar to last week was the, the, the impetus is, is, was on us to take the lead. And then the formation kind of works to kind of see games out, waste a bit of time, things like that, exactly like we did last week. I never felt like we were in a position um, or a setup up to, to chase it. Um, and kind of so it proved really, because the, the first half was, it was, I'll be honest with you, I felt we were worse yesterday than we were in the first half at Newcastle. That's how bad I think it was yesterday. Uh, uh, there, was, there was nothing. I can't I can't think of a of a bright spark I'm not going to say it's Paul I'm not going to say, it. Not going to say it. I can't I couldn't see anything in that first half Kane was off it you know things people that you normally think would be okay I thought Skip was off it um, again I think he's been okay in recent weeks kind of you know a little bit of a bright point and you know you can kind of say well you know we've got a, a young lad coming through I didn't feel like anyone was on it I thought Richarlison was absolutely awful uh, just mm. uh, there was there were a number of players there uh, yesterday in that first half who I thought they 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 don't want to be there. They, they're not bothered. They re- just literally don't want to be there. End of the season, can't be bothered. And I'll be honest with you, I was going to say this later, but I might as well say it now. I was nearly suckered in in the week with Mason. I was nearly kind of oh maybe. Maybe he's like, uh, you know, an Arteta type or someone and he says all the right things. He's just a soundbite. He's a walking soundbite. Says some of the right things. Says the right things about Kane. Says the right things about bit, what it means to be Spurs manager. Says all that. But couldn't get him up yesterday. And, it, for, it, for, it, you know, he is let down by players. But it, it. I thought it showed him up yesterday. It really showed him up. There was nothing there there was no hunger fight or desire the minimum requirements i'm not talking about tactics I'm not talking about skill level I'm not talking about close shaves or things things nearly coming off there was nothing there was absolutely nothing it was couldn't wait for it wait for that first half to finish
2: mm. here's the stats i'll bring some stats in across our last five games in the premier league we've conceded seven goals in the opening 10 minutes that is
1: diabolical Shocking. That's lack of concentration, lack of desire, lack of heart, lack of confidence. Just, that's not, that's not normal. That's relegation form. That's what that is. You can't constantly chase games like that. It's ridiculous. Well, you were going to say something there, Paul.
0: It's almost like we're not learning, isn't it? It's almost like, I mean, if that's over a period of five, six games, as you just said there, you've got to say, you've got to think, and this might come back to saying that me, they've been talking about over the last couple of months as well, like lack of leadership, but somebody's got to say like, Lads, like, let's not let a Newcastle let, let, let's let keep it tight. Let, let, let's like they're going to come at us there. They were good. The Villa are good at home. You know, Villa, yeah. Villa, are, Villa, Villa have, have got a good home record. So, somebody in that dressing room yesterday at 2 30 after the warm up said, like, they're going to come at us. Let's and we've conceded, yeah. You know, you know, so, let's keep it tight. Let's keep it like you know, let's try and take the crowd out of the game. Not that they're ever that loud at Villa Park. And let's try and like you know, give ourselves like a decent platform after 10, 15, 20 minutes and not be one or two nil down. And it sounds like that didn't happen yesterday. So it's like we just don't learn. We're making the same mistakes starting so slowly, time and time again. It's like, it's like as Seb said there, are all those, all those negatives. He's, he's absolutely spot on, Seb. He's, I don't understand. I don't get it. Why it's keep, it keep happening. It's keep happening. It's just, it's like, do they think, that it's oh we'll, we'll pull it back again in the last 20, 25 minutes. I I, I don't know. I, they can't be this thick. They can't be this stupid. This team, it's, hmm. it's that's a shocking it, stat. You just get it, the game out there. The it's, first it's, ten minutes, seven goals in the first
1: ten minutes a game. It's five over five games. Over there's, five games. There's, there's no desire. There's nothing. There's nothing at all. That's the problem. Look, I, I've I've said similar things before. Like. Right? My lads that I coach today, we had like cup finals today, right? We thought we were playing one game. Turns out we we had to play two. That was like a round robbing group thing. First thing that coaches say to to the players is, right, first ten minutes of this first game, we don't go behind. Because the last thing you want to do when you've got two games is be chasing a game, right? Keep it tight. If we go in front, then we then 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 we like you know, play it clever. You know, all the all the horrible things, time wasting and and all that. It's exactly what we did. If 10-year-old boys can understand it. Then I don't understand why. It, 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 honestly, it is not that hard, lads. First ten minutes, whatever we do, we don't concede, right? That's the number one thing. There was nothing. There was nothing there.
2: I love this. I love, love that you, you're sort of training ten-year-olds to, to shit house and go down, go
1: down, clutch <laughs> your shin, go down, go down.
0: It, it, yeah, right, it's time it's,
1: out. If you let, if you let anyone, whatever level, kind of run a mock with no, no, no control, no input, then then it's not going to go well. And But that is almost what it's like. It's like someone said to them, the kind of whole, uh, old Harry Redknapp, so go on, lads, go and play. Can't do that because confidence is shot. So what you say is, keep it tight 10, 15 minutes. Let's build our way into the game. You can't do that if you're going to keep con- conceding goals in the first eight to 10 minutes. It's bloody ridiculous.
2: Hmm. Well, I thought the second half, I mean, it started almost like the, the first half did. I think Villa were doing most of the probing for the, the opening sort of 10, 15 of the, the second half. But we gradually got back into it, Seb. And I thought when when that, when Luis scored the the free kick, I thought we were the better team at that time. Like we 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 had a few chances. Sonny had his one-on-one, one on one, one v one in the first half. He skied one as well from a good pass from Besuma. I'm, so, I'm trying to work out did Besuma come on before or after the second goal? Because Besuma I thought was before. So
1: yeah. so of, we didn't have a shot in the in the first half. We had next year naught. So so there was there, there was nothing at all in the first half. Uh, the sec- one was, offside.
2: It was the one the one v one was he offside then?
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, he, yeah. So we, we we didn't have a single shot in the first half. The second half, uh, I thought Villa bossed the, the the first ten minutes again, and then then out of nothing, absolutely out of nothing, Bier puts a press on um, the 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 Villa back line, and he wins the ball back, and he plays Kane through, and mm. look, not going to have a go at Harry Kane, but every other day of the week, ninety nine times out of a hundred, that goes, he, he gets that. Uh, well, I mean it was on target, but he puts it, he puts it past the keeper. Um, that was that was massive. And then just after that, we made the changes and Kulisevsky came on for Richarlison, who was complete non-entity, and Besuma yeah. came on for Skip, who just just got a silly booking. And that, that was probably a necessary booking, but um and then for about 10 minutes we looked good. We I thought i know Paul would want to talk about this, but we I thought we looked a lot better, particularly in the in the middle of the park. And Kulusevsky, uh he's we've spoken about this before, but he, he, the positions he takes up, um, you know, he affects the game. Um, he's not always on it. He's not had a brilliant season, but I do like the positions that he take it takes up, and I think that he had uh, a positive effect for in between coming on and when, when we eventually conceded again.
2: Hmm. Paul, do you think? Do you think that the it was, I was going to say the word green shoots, but Basuma coming on uh, right. was great news for us. That's like a new player for us, and under the right coach, we we know he's a baller. We know he is a quality, quality addition. Um, what did you make of, of his of his cameo yesterday?
0: So excited when we signed him and then we don't see him for a couple of months because he's got to learn the system, quote unquote, under Conte, which is the system is taking the ball off, setting it back and shoving it and shoveling it wide left and right. I said that before. I think Basuma could be a massive player for us. I really do. He's he's such a technical player. We saw that at Brighton and the Potter. Um I yeah, saw some of the stuff he did yesterday and I think he's I think after the injury looked a pretty nice injury, and he had a setback as well. I'd i really like what he's doing. I think he's carrying the ball. He's really, really good. Um, they got a chance to stay when uh, Skip tried to blast through two challenges and um, it got nicked off them. And I think they hit the post or the bar from that shot. That doesn't really happen with Basuma because he's so good at carrying the ball. Um, once he, once the shackles are taken off him and he can actually like start to break the lines and be a bit more progressive, like hopefully he will be under whoever comes in, um I'm really excited with him and, and Bent hopefully coming back as well. Yeah, a bit more rotation with Skip and, and uh Papamatasa. Um, yeah, and a few more kind of like, you know, we've got a Dogie, Spence coming back, these kind of players. Poro looks good going forward. It's there are there are signs there that we could we could play quite progressive football, but it's like that little cameo coming on, coming back from injury shows a little bit of like what we could have next season. And um uh, I can't wait. But then I said that I said that about many players over the last couple of years. But hopefully, this guy's not going to prove me wrong. But he 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 made a difference yesterday, definitely. Absolutely, yeah.
2: And uh, and he played a lovely ball into Sonny, which was given as offside. But I think had it gone to VAR, had he scored, which he should have, because it was a sort of proper Sonny chance. And uh, it, it, it looked like he was on. There was loads of offsides yesterday for us, which, there which was, there was there really were nine. annoying.
0: I think there were nine yesterday. I think, uh, I think the guys I matched a day last night in the UK on the BBC, uh, it was um, Wrighty and knight uh, Phillips um, both had a go at like the the choice of runs that our forward players were making. They were just being really naive and just like running straight offside. I think it was seven, eight, or nine times we were caught offside yesterday. It was, it was quite a lot.
1: Quite a lot. Yep. It was it, it was really noticeable as well you didn't I, I haven't see match of the day but it was so so obvious and it was very very poor forward play a lot of the times you can see along the line um, and things like that son was the probably the biggest biggest culprit but they were all doing it Villa were playing a high line at some points they were right almost on the halfway line um, and six of them six of them lined up four forward back and two two defensive midfielders and we couldn't time a run and, and we, we and, and Almost worse than that, couldn't couldn't see the right balls to play. You know, there was there was a few times uh, i got really frustrated again in the first half with we've talked about it before, but the ball going out, out to to the wing backs. And so I, I mean if I was Son, I'd be so frustrated. Yes, he didn't bend his runs and things like that, but after time he's making a run thinking, I'm not gonna get this, because the ball goes out to the wing backs and the wingbacks pass it backwards to Hoy Beer or Skip. It, it happened so many times yesterday. And I I've I, I don't know how Look, we talked last week, and I think about Hoybier and uh, and how it's it, it's going to be difficult to kind of get things that have been put into him and into the way he plays kind of back out. But they were all doing it yesterday. The balls were either too late going forward for the forward players, because you have you have to bear this in mind. It's not just the forward players that making the runs that are responsible for the offsides. It's the timing of the balls, and they were either going forward too late or just going backwards and then you've got you've got forward players who've made a run who are then having to track back to make another run there was just there was just nothing there there was no no real sense of uh, i i got no sense yesterday of what what we were trying to do um the only thing that i thought was it worked whatever we did against palace worked so we're going to try and copy it well emery and his coaching staff what emery's done there is is Fantastic! Their record since he's taken over is it's it's um it's top four form. It, it's better than top four form. I think I saw he's won 14 out of nineteen. That's ridiculous. They were one, they were one we point
0: of on? the relegation zone when Gerard got sacked in November. And, uh, uh, look they, are, look where
1: they are now. And then to to kind of completely counteract, you know, um, we were we were one well one second away from going third when uh, Mr. Levy decided to. Fire Conte, which I, I still think was the was the right decision, but we've had well we've had since September last year to put a new manager in place or at least have some kind of semblance of what we're going to do um and look we, we, what has happened in since conte's uh since the the Southampton game and the Conte rant is unbelievable and I look at teams uh in the Premier League like uh Leeds. And Leicester, who I think have made similarly shocking uh, managerial decisions, and and I, I can't understand it. I can't understand how these men in charge of these football teams, uh, the chairman I'm talking about, and the CEOs and all that, make these absolutely god awful decisions, and at the same time have no um, no kind of comeback to them at all. And this is where I, I'm at. It, that someone posted up this week. Um, about um, fans should boycott, um, not the game, but the their spend at the Brentford thing. And I have to say, I, I think I agree. And I know that that doesn't sit well with a lot of people, but I don't understand how else fans can get across, in my mind, just how shocking it has been at board level this season. Now, I'm not talking about on the pitch, Right, because I'll always kind of support the players, and I don't really feel like players ever go out to to play badly. I do think there's a bit of a malaise that's crept in, at, but it's because for me it comes from the very top. That malaise has crept in at, at board level. It's gone all the way down. We have no director of football. We have no manager. We have no idea who the manager is going to be. We have no sense of any plan from the club. We have a um, a head of football was it head of football business or head of football relations? I don't know. Coming in a guy that we have no, no knowledge of. We, we don't really know anything about him. The, the word on the street is that um, the managers that we've interviewed have said, well, yeah, it could be interested, but who's your director of football going to be? And our response is, we don't know. Uh, it's shocking. It's an absolute dereliction of duty. And like I said, I'm not levy out. I don't think the protests work, but something's got to happen. So He's got to know somehow that this isn't good enough.
2: Yeah, we'll we'll get on to the, the managerial and fan advisory board thing in a bit. Let's just tie up the game quickly before we get on to oh, that. Sorry, Brendan. <laughs> so I'm, uh, try and keep a semblance of structure and you love to piss all over that. <laughs> 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 oh, look, let's just quickly do it. Um, right, the free kick. Paul... Could Forster have done better? First of all, I agree with the- oh, I that. Yeah. That wall was about 15 yards. That wasn't 10 yards. The wall was way, way more than 10 yards, I thought.
0: Yeah, it, it, it looked quite a well while away. Um, again, Mr Romero, um, a little bit late. It, you know, it's a decision that sometimes he, can, he can probably get away with. That's just a luck at the minute. You won't get away with those kind of decisions away from home. I don't know what Forster was doing. Um, he's a big lad. I've had a go at him about his uh, his movement and his quickness of feet and his speed, agility, and quickness. Um, it's not really there. That wasn't very good yesterday. I mean, let's face it: two or three strides, quick strides, he would have got there. And you know, a stronger hand, and he probably would have kept it out. I don't, I, he seemed a little bit further over to the right than he needed to be. But yeah, the the wall was 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 a bit far back, and it uh, wasn't a great strike to be honest either. It was yeah. just you know. He, 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 he yeah he called it you know up and over the wall and yeah, whatever but it wasn't it, it wasn't like you know it wasn't like a De Bruyne or you know any anything like that at all so I think you've got you got to look at forster wanting to do a bit better there to be honest but yeah Romero he's a unit oh, though, Romero, Romero diving in again is you know it's 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 it's, it's stage, isn't
1: he's, he's going before him now 100%. I think I th- I think so, and I
0: think that's I, – I said I, – I, you know, I'm aware that I'm repeating something I said. You said it, Bren. You said he's got the feeling of, like, football completed it now. And um, Romero, you don't know what you're going to get. You just don't know what you're going to get with Christian Romero. You're going to either get, like, a really good, like, aggressive, right-on-the-edge performance like it was with Palace, where he, he shut down Ayu and he was coming across and helping to shut out Zaha and – Played really, really well. Commanding. I heard him kind of like, uh, like telling people what to do because it was quite quiet in the ground and stuff. And then we get that yesterday. It's literally Jekyll and Hyde with him. And I like him. Don't get me wrong. I like him, and I, I think he, I think there is a world class defender there. But he's got to be more consistent. He's either got to rein it in, and or he's really got to go away and think about like you know is is can I can I play it can I play at this level and not pick up silly yellow cars and give and give silly free kicks away? Because the best defenders in the world, they, they, they don't do
1: that. They, do they you think, don't do that. Do you think he'd be better and more consistent if he had um, better, more consistent players um, either side of him?
0: Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, yeah, he looked great in the World Cup, didn't he, with Argentina? Um, I yeah, I, I do agree, but yeah, I, I can see him as a a, a centre back in a three. I, I, the middle centre back in a three, I can see that. I think Royale is looked all right and pretty decent. You know, touch on the right hand side. I think you know, I think less centre back is as we've known is an issue. I, I don't think Longways the answer. Um, and also as well, I think a three in front of him to give a bit more to give him a bit more um, protection. But those mistakes he made yesterday were all one on ones, weren't they? He went, he, he didn't have to go flying in for either but certainly the first challenge where they got their first goal, he didn't need to do that. He, did, he, need, he just needs to like think, I can't win the ball all the time. I mean, it's very easy for us to say. I mean, we're not World Cup winners. But, yeah, you probably got a point there, Seb. If you, if you had a kind of consistent level of people to the left and to the right of him and maybe in front of him of a higher, more consistent standard, you probably would see a better, kind of more calmer Romero. Yeah, that, That's a fair shout, mate, to be honest.
2: Mm. And Seb, just to tie it up, uh, the pen was a pen. Like uh, in real time, it looked, it did look like Martinez got a touch. But then the first slow motion replay, you're like, oh, we didn't. That that Kane, Kane, knocked it to his side, and clear pen, wasn't it? Ah, you've done me
1: there, because I didn't think it was. <laughs> no, okay, no, I, no, I, didn't. I, I don't. I, I I watched it a few times. I have to admit, by this point, I had completely lost interest. But I did, I did watch, <laughs> um, I did watch it back. And no, I I I. I couldn't believe that it got given. Um, why? I, like, he, he, the keeper didn't get a touch. He stopped Kane. It doesn't matter where he is in that area. I thought Kane stopped wasn't in any control of the ball for, for num- number one. The ball had gone. Um, and, I, and I thought, I, I wasn't sure that, I thought, Mart- you tell me I'm wrong then. Maybe I, I, I've not, not seen it right. But I thought Martinez got, got a touch. Then know, Kane right. was kind of already going down. I was very maybe I'm in the minority, and I'll hold my hands up because, like I say, by this point I had kind of lost interest. I'd what kind of I watched it in real time. I thought that's not a pen. I watched the replays kind of back, thinking, well, it won't get given, Um, and then it did. So I didn't. I haven't gone back, if you like, again to kind of check why it did get given. I'd, I'd kind of already made my mind up, so I might be wrong. No, he, you, drags I mean, his, he drags known. his left
0: leg. He drags his left leg, Kane. He leaves it there for to hit Martinez. But yeah. yeah, where is he supposed to put his foot? If Kane kind of like oh, oh steps over Martinez. Oh, sorry, Emmy. Just couldn't let me step over. You. He, he's not going to get the ball. So it's clever play from Kane in real time. When I saw sorry, when I first saw it first time, thought, yeah,
1: that yeah, that's a penalty. And then you know that Kane that makes the most of it. Yeah, but, yeah. he scored every pen. He scored every pen since the world cup, hasn't he? I think okay, yeah, he's taken quite a few now. <laughs> it's not
2: the one that mattered. <laughs>
1: um,
2: let it go, let it go. Yeah. <laughs> and just a final sort of tie up of the game. the um, Sonny did get the equalizer and it was given offside. Um, it, they didn't show because that how was offside, it, so, it was, it was, he was just offside. yeah,
0: it was offside, yeah, it okay, was, okay, because. Yeah. So
2: Surely take it to VAR at least, like the ball's in the net. Like I, I thought, because there was there were two times that they froze it, and the first time he was mm-hmm. on, and then the second mm-hmm. time I think that that was when the ball sort of left the, the player's foot, and then he was off. So anyway, right. so didn't get there.
0: I've and got to give thought, I've got this this high line from sorry, Brent, This this high line from yeah, it's 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 Mings and Conta. With Ash with uh, Ashley Young and uh, Moreno's is quite quick, but Moreno's more more offensive. I mean that's 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 ballsy from Unai Emery to be honest, because their and Mings aren't the quickest. Mings has got a turning circle of a, a landcraft carrier, and Costa is a decent defender one on one. But I mean, you know, you're you're thinking that Son with his pace, you know, should be outstripping these defenders, and you know, he nearly did, you know, with with the chance we were just talking about there. But I mean. I don't, I don't, yeah. I think Emery, I think he's a little bit kind of, um, he's a little bit not misunderstood. I think, I I definitely think he's under kind of appreciated. I think, but that's ballsy from him to like put Mings and Concert on a halfway line and say, all right, we're going to play offside. Yeah. And catch you offside. And we would, yeah. You you think that, again, our forwards would learn, think, okay, we're going to bend our run. And, yeah, it, yeah. Obviously, you know, we play on the shoulder, and it's like that chance you are talking about. You know, one, what, yeah, half a second, a quarter of a second, like a little bit more kind of patience and he's in and it's two-two. But yeah, to give him a little bit of props, as they say down here in, in South London. Um, yeah, I mean, you can't, you know, he's he, he obviously knows what he's doing with that team. You know, it's a midfielder, Douglas Luiz and McGinn, McGinn. Yeah, come on, and like, you know, he's, he, he's got that, he's got that team combined really well and playing to a system they all feel really comfortable in and, and he's got some like you know decent players you know I think Watkins is decent Buendia on his day can make things happen Bailey obviously knows what he's doing yeah, but yeah there's some of that parts of that team yesterday okay we were abject but you know it's not a fluke where they are and um, so and he's turning it around really quick which gives me hope for next year that we mm. can do something similar because they're just about to get Almaty or excuse me the Barcelona, director of football. I think he's coming over in the summer to, to Villa. And, you know, I mean, look what they're making moves. So, you know, it shows of a little bit of joined up thinking and how quick the Emery has turned it around. We can do that as well. So, you know, green shoots. There, I've said it. Go.
2: <laughs> we got him. We got him. <laughs> oh, but just on, on XG yesterday, Villa were 1.38, we were 1.34. So not much, in so it. The,
1: we had a penalty. Oh
2: yeah, what's a penalty xG wise?
1: Point seven nine ish. right.
2: Okay, fair enough. And 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 as we discussed, we had all the offsides. So anyway, let's let's get back to Sed's rant. Um, so <laughs> we, we the big news over the weekend was that uh, Spurs are, are not considering Julian Nagelsmann as as the incoming manager. Um, some people have been like, fair enough. I'm a bit of the. Uh, why wouldn't we at least talk to the best young, upcoming, dynamic manager in European football? Why would we not do that? So unless he's sort of got a gentleman's agreement with PSG or Real, and, and he's, he wouldn't come anyway. But Seb, I'm with you. That there's 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 no there's no there's very little communication, which we'll get onto uh, with the fan advisory board in a sec. But it's it's been what. How many days now? Fifty days since Conte's left. So we, we're getting close to the seventy-day mark, which was the the Nuno fiasco of twenty twenty-one. So it's not great, is it?
1: No, it's a, it's appalling. I don't know what more you want me to say, really. I, I I I am as disillusioned with this club as I have been in years. um You know, I've said before I lost interest in the. Um, mid to late nineties, I think. I'm going to say lost interest. I still, I still followed every game and and everything else, but I knew we were crap. And I, the the difference then was, I kind of accepted it. I didn't. I, I knew where we were. The difference is now that we've had this kind of taste. Yeah, you know, it's almost there. This kind of glory, if you like, for for want of a better word, we're so close to it. And we had, you know, we had so many good good days and. Days where I, where I was so proud, you know, to be a to be a Tottenham fan. I mean, I get it's only a little thing. My lads won the trophy today, right? Captain, he's only ten, picks up the thing, and goes, "We've won more than Tottenham," and that's what it's oh. back, again now, right? That, but that that's that's where we're at again now. Everyone, all the kids, everything watching football. My youngest don't have interest in Tottenham. He thinks we're crap because he can watch other teams who, who who are certainly better on the pitch, certainly more entertaining. And seem to have some kind of plan going forward. Look, it could very well come back, as as, as Paul said. But the the issue is that there, there doesn't appear to be any plan. We can all get behind a plan. We all got behind Pochettino at the start, right when he come from come from Southampton. He was a bit of a not a nobody, but, you know, pretty much unproved. And we all could all kind of see the risk and then very quickly he kind of stamped his authority on, on the squad. We can all get behind Harry Redknapp and and people like that. There's been loads. We'll give every we're we pretty much, you know, we're, I think we're quite a tolerant fan base. We'll give people a shot. But that's not the issue. The issue is we don't know who or why or when we're going to be able to get behind someone. And there's so much else going on. With the Harry Kane situation, you know, we becoming Levy is obviously thinks he's doing the right thing business wise with all these concerts and stuff like that, but he's making us a laughing stock. He's absolutely making us a laughing stock, you know. Beyonce up front and and all that type of stuff. Look, I can see why these um levy outers and all that they are they're, they're gonna grow because they think they have a point. And the more you look at it, the more you kind of go, Well there's nothing that you can kind of fire back with. There's there, there is nothing that you can kind of say, well, no, you're wrong because, because Mm. I can't see, I, I, you know, I've said before, look, we could have been a Leeds. We could have been a forest, a Sheffield Wednesday, all these teams when Levy took over, but there has to be a point where actually you kind of go, as I've said, not good enough. Absolutely not good enough. And at the moment, the last four years, well, I'll say, yeah, four years ago this week, um, we knew we were in the Champions League final, right? Six years ago this week, we left today. I think it is we left White Hart Lane, right? Mm-hmm. And it has not been good since. There's no two ways about it. From where we were to where we are now, it is a slow trajectory downwards. There's never, there's not been a peak, right? It's been an embarrassment. There have been appointments after appointments. Managers, director of football all this type of stuff, transfer windows, the players that we've got in. I'm sorry, there's, 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 uh, you know, Benton, Cooran, Kulusevsky aside, can't think of a good signing. Genuinely can't think of a good signing in the last six years. So,
2: oh, Paul, it, it, um, just to, just about off to Paul. Um, in, I don't know if you saw the, the Cambridge, uh, was it Oxford or Cambridge where Levy did the talk? I, I, I did watch Cambridge. Cambridge. And his sort of point when, when asked by, I think there was a Spurs fan asking the questions. I think his, his point was like, I would like to think that I brought the club to a better place than it was when I joined. So, And that, that, that will always be his comeback. That will always be, look, look where we were before I came and look where we are now. Look at our track record of European football. We've, we've had like in the 21 years he's been at the club, we had not had European football on two or three occasions or something. So he's he's got that so why are we so dissatisfied why does it feel like that we're we're what six at the moment and we have the sixth Mm -hmm. biggest wage bill so we're pretty much on par why does Mm -hmm. it feel that that are we are we are we entitled as a fan base Uh, yeah where are you
0: yeah no we are we are we are a very entitled fan base um especially after pocky uh Mariso who's now going to be the Chelsea manager Mm. which adds salt to the wounds after a pretty tough last couple of weeks Um, but yeah to go back to your question yeah uh, ticket prices um, highest in European football Um, people still equate money paid with entertainment and therefore entertainment should lead to I pay this money that should lead to on-field success um i'm not too sure that that's a, that's a situation for another day i'm not gonna get into that now. but sport doesn't work that way levy has made numerous massive errors we we all know that as well i think possibly with the landscape of modern football at the minute we are in a better place than when he took over off the pitch and financially this at the minute looks like he's a little bit out of his depth doesn't it? It looks like we've got this massive stadium. The best, the best until Real Madrid open theirs, and obviously uh, Everton. If they get theirs built, then theirs will be pretty good as well. But off the field, it looks like he's he, he, Sorry, he's taken the club as a whole to, to the point. There, there's no, there's no, there's no two ways about it. That I think he's built the club into uh, a place where it can be at the top table, but. It's the footballing side that we've got to this point that he has to now hand over to better people, more experienced people. Whether he can do that or not, fast remains to be seen. That takes me on to my next point. It, it won't take long. Um, no, I was talking to this about uh, with someone last night. I'm I'm very fortunate. I I trained some very quite successful people in their in their their um their field. No high achieving individual is going to come to a new job without knowing who do i who do i talk to what's my budget etc they need the structure in place we don't have that at the moment because okay. as seb said a couple of minutes ago we don't have a director of football at the moment and therefore a Nagelsmann of uh, somebody of the ilk of Narglesman isn't going to come in with absolutely stone cast guarantees about who I report to, this, that, and the other. We don't have that at the minute. That is Levy's fault. That, I, that that's unarguable. You can't argue against me. That, that that's his fault. That's a dereliction of leadership from the chairman or the chief executive officer or whatever he is at the moment, or the manager or whatever that is. Okay, so he needs to sort that out. Okay, and that's where I think that this is. A massive summer for him to get this right because if he doesn't get this right and he makes the bad decision with the wrong director of football, then he shows that the job is too big for him on the field, and if and then it's beyond doubt then that you, that, that we are going to be back to like between fifth and eighth or ninth because there are other clubs coming as I said Villa earlier Newcastle but we're going to get overtaken on the field. Therefore, Beyonce. F1 go-karting, it all becomes a very easy stick and quite rightly, a stick to beat us with. Hmm. Levy won't get a high-level manager without the proper infrastructure in place and that's quite clearly not there at the moment and that's why we are floundering at the minute and that's down to him. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Paul, you worded that better than... That, that, I, I'm in complete agreement with you, but I think the 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 issue for me is is how long is it going to take? Because are we going to be in a position whereby July the first, and you know that might seem a while off. It's not; it's five weeks away or six mm. weeks away. Sorry, you know, are mm. we are we asking players to turn up to training again with a manager on day one? Because mm. I, I mean that we saw how that worked out with Nuno. That that will be horrific, and and. In a way, in a way, the best thing for Levy is the fact that there's, there's you know, for over the summer there's no fans going to the stadium because I think the the discontent is it's high. It, this it's is growing, it's, 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 it's growing, it's, it's growing, yeah. it's growing now. Yeah, this this yeah. is the this is the most I've known. And as I said said before, it they've got a point. You know, you can't keep kind of batting it away and saying no, they're just deluded and all that. Look, I think some of the people behind some of the some of the things are, are a little bit deluded. But uh, you have to kind of look at the, the the basis of their argument, which is we should be doing a lot better. And Levy, as Paul said, has made mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake. Yeah, you, know, you you know things aren't going well when you can read, when you read certain media things. And this week they had the interview with Oh, his name passes me by now, but former kind of head of recruitment at Spurs, who's come out this yeah. week and said, "Yeah, we 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 were after Marnay and three or four others, and Levy Levy was the one. Levy put the kibosh on it. Levy said no, and it, it's growing. These it, these things happen whenever you know it is. Um, it's like a snowball snowball effect when things are going well. When we were entertaining everyone when we were scoring the most goals and the best defence under Pochettino. All the media were behind us. You know, the Sky loving. They loved us. Now, we're serving up drab drab football. We're not entertaining anyone. And the knives are out. And Levy has to recognise this. The knives are out for him. And it's not from from the, um, the Levy outers or the protesters or whatever. It's everywhere. It's mainstream media. They are questioning, or not even questioning, they're stating he doesn't know what he's doing. And that's mm. the the proof is in the pudding. Over the last six years, unfortunately for, for for Daniel Levy, he has made balls up after balls up. And we keep saying he's got to get the next one right. I did read somewhere, or um, maybe someone said to me, is there a chance that we've not made any um, uh, mainstream appointments because he's going to sell in the summer? I mean, I can't see it, but I guess, uh, is there a question mark that if the Qataris don't get Manchester United it seems likely now that that they'd come in for the next high-profile team, and certainly, I think we'd be on that list. And he, and
2: he did put out that statement when Stellini left, that that he said, "Look, I've got to take responsibility." That's the first time I think I've ever seen a statement from Levy of that ilk. Um, so we'll, we'll see that the fan advisory board. I know I don't know if you guys have been following it. The um, the club has launched a fan advisory board to try and sort of bring in sort of various factions of our support. Uh, I was considering going for it. We are. I'm supporting, and and the Cheese Room is supporting Paul Fellows, uh, fellow cheese heads, who is running the Sydney ospers supporters group. So, fingers crossed, Paul gets on there, and Paul will be a really good uh, 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 voice, uh, and will unite people to to bring a voice. They'll be meeting with the board, well, with with Donna Cullen, uh, Levi Harris, and. Daniel Levy doesn't have to be there, but he may be at, at some of the meetings as well. So it's it's something. It, it's something at least. It's progress of a of a sort, uh, so that fans can get uh, their voices heard, get their concerns dealt with by the club. Um, so that, that that I thought that the fan advisory board launch was a positive move, and it's in all in response to the the, uh, the European Super League debacle uh, that happened a couple of years ago. Um, before we tie up. Who do you reckon we'll get now? Is it is it going to be Ange? Ange Postacoglu? Uh, Paul? Who do you reckon? Who do you reckon it will be?
0: Who do you reckon? Yeah, hmm. and Slot. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if we end up with Rogers. Um, <sighs> I think, I th- mind you, the the Leicester accounts came out. He was getting paid thirteen million pound a season at, at Leicester. That's only a couple of million short that we're paying. Like Conte, Brendan Rodgers was getting thirteen million pounds at Leicester, so maybe that he's is, he's is, is, uh, his taste is a little bit too expensive for for am Not sure. I think it'll be slot, or possibly. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, I kind of mooted earlier after you know, kind of like, is it worth giving Mason an opportunity? Um, I think it's a job a bit too soon yeah. for him. I think he, I think he needs to go down to a company or a Carrick. Um, and like bring someone from the championship or, or League One and 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 put his own kind of DNA and ID on something and to show what he's about. Um, yeah, it'll. Be, I, I think it could be Slot or it could be Puskas at Ange. Um, but kind of like, there's a little negging thing in the back of my head that it will be somebody safe and uh, Premiership ready or oven ready for somebody like you know Enik, and it'll be it'll be something like Brendan Rodgers. But I hope not.
1: Seb, who do I think it'll be? No, I'm uh, saying it should be you. <laughs> 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 oh, I I, yeah, I think I agree with Paul. I think it probably will end up being Brendan Rogers. Um, and the, the ones that are left, um, I like the look of slot. But I, I mean, I said this on the Patreon chat. The, the, the problem is with, with all of them, and this is why I was kind of almost all oh, Mason, and I'm, I'm definitely not now. I've, I've massively rethought it, and not just because of this weekend. I kind of kind of came to my senses, if you like. But I think everyone's a risk. Any anyone. Um, uh, uh, when I say that, when I say everyone, I mean these these foreign managers. So you have maybe Alonzo, your uh, slot. Any of them could they could be the next Frank de Boer. We don't know until they get in. You know, you can interview as well as you like and all that. You just have to annoy the wrong players on on week one. Or bring in something that doesn't go down well, um, and it, you know we could be back to Nuno or um, or Frank de Boer, which is why I think, as Paul said, this kind of an in inverted commas safe pair of hands could well be Brendan Rogers. I don't think it will go well if that's the case. I don't know. <laughs> whether well, whether, Levy, whether Levy reads the room, because uh, I don't <coughs> think I think the majority of fans would would absolutely hate that. He's a failure at a club that were were were. Destined for relegation, and I don't care. You can say fifth places and a and a cup win, and all that. Um, they spent an incredible amount of money, and then when the money dried up, he he, he lost interest. That's not a manager. Uh, that's not a manager that, that for me, who who I would want um, would be Slot or Postecoglou, based on based on who's left. Mm. Mm.
2: Yeah, well, fingers crossed. Anyway, my my wife is giving me daggers uh, behind me, so I've got to, got to start tying up. Oh, uh, Paul, thanks for joining, mate.
0: No worries. Uh, they're just playing a little bit of Rihanna uh, behind me. I don't know if you can hear that, but, um, yeah, I, I've got no idea. I just know it's Rihanna. Um, I don't know. I, I, I know it's a Rihanna tune because they, they keep playing it. Is it Uh No, it's not that one. Um I think it might be that one. Yeah, I think it might be that one, yeah. But, yeah, if you heard any of that in the background, uh, I apologise. But, uh, no, thanks for having me on this afternoon. And um, that's all a bit doom and gloom. We've got some good players coming back. Um, we've got some good players um, coming through as well, I believe. And, it, you know, it can, as we said earlier, with Villa, it's turned around quickly for them. It can turn around quickly for us. But we've got to get, you know, some things right and, and bloody quickly. But, anyway, thank you for having me on. It's been good. Cool.
2: Thought you're gonna say green shoots there, but Seb, cheers for joining me.
1: Thanks for having me on as always, Brent. Much uh, much appreciated. And my my lad, um, I'm at home on my own with me with my six year old and he's not made a peep. So I need to go and check on him. <laughs> That's either brilliant yeah. or very worrying. <laughs> Cool. Well, Jesus, do
2: watch out for the YouTube crew, which will be out, uh, I believe, tomorrow, Monday. Um, So do look out if YouTube is your thing. Uh, Do remember to follow us on the socials and tell your friends. Tell your friends about the pod. If you do enjoy the Cheeseman podcast, we love doing it. So do tell your friends. And as ever, come on, you Spurs.
1: Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs.